You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Church Road and Pleasant Green Road. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now, here is Pastor Bob with this week's sermon. The way God has been working in my heart and in my life just as I've been preparing this week, and um, as you've heard us say many times, anytime that we're preparing for a lesson or a message, uh, God always works through his word in our own hearts and preparing us for that. So it's been, it's been a great week for me just to, to spend time with the Lord in his word, seeking his direction. And uh, so I'm just so thankful to be able to stand and, and share God's word with you this morning. So I just want to encourage you right now, go ahead and open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. And if you don't have a copy of God's word with you, I want to encourage you to, if you do have it, open it up there. Uh, you can open it on your your, uh, any app on your favorite device, or if you don't have that with you either, there's a, a Bible in the pew in front of you. So if you need to use that one, it's on page 880. So I encourage you to go ahead and find your place in God's Word, because what I want to make sure of today is that you hear what God has to say to you today through His Word. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm prayerfully His mouthpiece today to be able to share from His Word to you, but I want to make sure that you are reading and hearing from God's holy word yourself. So if you found your place in God's word, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, I would like to invite you to stand if you're able as we honor the, the reading and the hearing of God's word. Now as we stand, I want to pray before we read. And as I pray, I think you'll understand why I want to pray first. All right, so if you'll pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together in this place at this time and in your name. Lord, we recognize that it is a special time as we come together as believers to study, to hear your word. We pray now as we even read your word, we know that it is impossible for us to understand what your word has to say to us apart from your Holy Spirit. So we pray that you will open our hearts and minds and speak to us today through your word. Lord, I pray that each person that's here today came with an expectant heart. And if they didn't come with that heart, I pray right now by the power of your spirit that you will quicken their hearts and open their hearts to what it is you want to teach. Father, we, we are open before you today. We desire to hear from you. We want a word from you. We desperately need a word from you, Lord. It is not about us. It's not about our opinions. It's not about us just sharing uh, a word with one another to encourage one another. While all that's nice and it's important as we gather together as believers, Lord, what we are here ultimately for is to hear from you and to be changed by the power of your word. So, Father, right now we pray for your Holy Spirit just to do the work that only you can do. Father, help me, guide me with the words that I say. I pray that it'll be clear, and I pray that it'll be focused on, on you and who you are and the work that you want to do today. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this opportunity to gather together in worship. And that worship continues now in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you continue standing as we read the word in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. This is Paul writing to Timothy, and we're going to unpack that a little more in just a moment. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. 
All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All right, you may be seated. So as we start off this morning, I just want to make sure you understand the context of the passage and what we're looking at this morning. As I mentioned already, Paul is writing to Timothy, uh, his son in the faith, someone that Paul has led the faith in Christ, someone that Paul has mentored and Paul that is, continues to pour into his life. And, uh, and, and one of the ways that he does that is by writing letters. And this is what we have here is a second letter from Paul to Timothy as he continues to guide him and instruct him. This young man who is now, at this point, a leader in the church in Ephesus, uh, very, what we would call a pastor today, someone who's providing eldership and leadership in that, in that church and in that place. Uh, the book of 1 Timothy was primarily written with uh, the nature and practice of the church in view. So as Paul now approaches this second letter, at least what we have recorded in Scripture here, then the second letter, it is more personal in nature. So Paul is really pouring into the personal ministry of Timothy. So what we see here is this idea of an older man, a man who's been walking in faith, a man who has, uh, but God has used in mighty and great ways, pouring into a younger man and giving him instruction and guidance. And what is really impactful about this passage as well is we consider that the book of 2 Timothy most people believe that this is the last writing that we find of Paul. Paul here is, finds himself once again in a Roman prison, not a comfortable place at all. The, the chamber that he's in is actually an underground chamber. It's cold, it's damp, it's wet, and he knows that he's moving towards execution. So he knows his life is moving towards an end. And as I think about that, I think about this, this man of God who knows that he's getting ready to die. What is it that he's doing? What is he focusing on? He's thinking about what's most important in his life. And isn't that kind of the way it works for us, if you think about it? I know for me, I'm, I'm in my 50s now, but there's things that I think about now that I didn't really think about all that much when I was younger. So those of us that are in the room that are moving a little bit older, you're starting to think more about those kind of things. We've had a couple of little health issues pop up this, this past year as well. So that focus and understanding that, that life is fragile. Life is short. We only have a limited amount of time before we get to go home to be with the Lord. And that is a, a wonderful time that we look forward to. But God still has us here in this place at this time for a reason. And so we see this man of God writing and we see the heart that he has for this younger man, Timothy. And, and as we move towards the end of life, what, it, what are the things that come to our minds that are important for us? You know, as you, as you think about it in your own life, who are the people maybe that you would like to communicate with? And as you communicate with those people, what types of things would you like to say? So as we, as we read this passage, we see that the heart of this man moving towards death and some of the last things that he's going to say and as words of instruction to Timothy about his personal ministry. So it reminded me, too, of, a, you can just jot this down, 2 Peter chapter 1. You can read it later if you like, but it's a very similar situation. And Peter is writing to believers, and, and all the way through that, he, he has this heart of understanding that he wants to pour into them and give them instruction in, in the ways that they should live and encourage them. But one of the things that he says in there in around verse 12 or 13, he says, soon I'm going to be putting off this earthly body. So Peter also understanding that he's moving towards the end of life and some of the phrases that he uses in that uh, first chapter of 2 Peter are things like, I want to remind you of certain things. I want to stir you up and, and press you on. 
So what we see here is this type of heart of what's important, of things that we need to remember that, uh, that Paul is writing to Timothy, but it's an instruction and a word for us today as well. It's something to understand. This is important, and so therefore, not only was it written in context in this particular way from, from Paul to Timothy, but also for us today. It's something that should impact and apply to our lives as well. So as we go through this this morning, I want you to be thinking about, first of all, the application part of, the, of just the context of who are the important people in your life. Who are the people that God has placed in your life that you have the opportunity to communicate with and pour into? God has given you opportunities and areas of influence, people that you can make an impact in their lives. It might be people that are closest to you, like family members. It might be friends and other people that have just become part of your life. But don't lose sight of the importance of the influence that you have in the lives of those people. And so just right off the bat, one of the things that, so what are those things going to look like? Well, and as we saw in the beginning of the passage in verse 14, as Paul talks to Timothy, he says, but as for you, so he's talking specifically to him, first word that he says is continue. So there's an idea that you already know these things. I've already given you this instruction. You already know what God's word has to say. So just like Peter did, it's a, it's a matter of encouragement, continuing the things that you already know. So the things that I'm going to share with you today are straight from God's word. There's nothing new that I'm going to say today. What I'm going to say today is an encouragement to point you back to what, what God has already instructed to us through his word. So now the idea as we, as we think about moving into 2018, a lot of times this, you know, when we move into a new year, we always have these ideas of what are the things that are important to us. We want to set some goals and things we want to press toward. So as we do that this morning, I want you to look back and think about Things that have made an impact, influenced you in your life, as you look back and think about those things, how can those things press you forward into how you can make an impact and have an influence in, in other people's lives in 2018? So the things I'm going to recommend to you that we do, they don't cost you anything as far as money goes. Gym memberships do, you know, certain diet programs do, all these things that you might focus on or think about. But the things that I'm going to share with you this morning monetarily don't necessarily cost you anything. It might cost you some of your own personal comfort or your own personal time, but these are things that should be of great importance to us. So we're going to consider the impact of influence this morning, and we're going to basically answer two questions with three points, but the two questions are who and what. So who are the people that we have the opportunity to, to influence. Who are the people who have had an impact in our lives as we consider that? And then after that, we'll, we'll think about what. And that's going to be the most important part. So make no mistake, this passage is primarily focused on the Word of God and how the Word of God should be impactful and influential in our lives. So the, the first thing, as we move toward the first point, let's look at verse 14 again. It says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Knowing from whom you learned it. So here's the who question. As Paul is writing to Timothy, he's going to have him reflect on who did you learn from? Who were the people that had an impact in your life that, that guided you on the spiritual journey that you're on? And so as Paul writes, there's, there's two ways of looking at this. Some people think that that pronoun is singular. I, I hold to that it's plural. Whom is more than one person that's had an influence on Timothy's life. And one reason I say that, there's multiple people that are actually 
identified in this book of 2 Timothy. If you just look back just a little bit in your, um, in your passage there in chapter 1 and verse 5, it identifies some of the people that have impacted him from childhood. So the first point that we're going to see is the influence of family. The influence of family. Because uh, Paul's already told Timothy, you've known these things from childhood. Chapter 1, verse 5 identifies a couple of people. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt, dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. So we see the, the godly influence of a mother and a grandmother, a, a beautiful recognition of the impact that these women had in the life of Timothy. And as I think about that, how important and how amazing the mothers and grandmothers are in the lives of so many people that I know even here at this church. Uh, godly mothers and grandmothers. We're so thankful for them. And it's not that, that's not to diminish, and we are going to talk about the importance of fathers and grandfathers, so it's both men and women that are important as spiritual influences in the lives of, of children and grandchildren. But the two, these two women are specifically not only identified, but named in this passage of Scripture as having influence in the spiritual growth and life of Timothy. Um, it, it reminded me a little bit about, we, we just had a party yesterday for my mother-in-law who, who turned an age, which was, which was one to celebrate, but we won't mention, so older, okay? Uh, but so many people, there were, there were almost 100 people that gathered together. People came from Minnesota and New York and all over the place to, to celebrate this time together. One of the things that caught my attention was just the idea of the, the central table uh, had some things that were there. There was, a, uh, there was a really neat, it was a pot that had flowers on it, and each flower had a picture, and it was different people in the family. And my mother-in-law's picture was, was on the, the tallest flower, so she, you could see her at the top, but it had pictures of all the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren, and she's actually now expecting a great-great-grandchild. So the, the amazing influence that my, my uh, mother-in-law, Penny, mother-in-love as we like to call our in-laws in our family, uh, has had on the lives of so many people in her family. And sometimes we don't really think about that, that impact that we have. But I know that was encouraging for her to, to have so many people come and be a part of that celebration. There was a suitcase that was on that table as well where people had written letters and notes about thankfulness for the things that she had done uh, for them during their lifetime. And that suitcase was full of notes, and I'm sure she's looking forward to if she hadn't already started reading uh, those encouraging notes that were in there. But the role of family is so vital and so important. And the thing that I want to encourage you in this today with as well is as we are moving toward looking for a new uh, children's ministry leader, one of the things that makes me think about is, is the role of the family and the role of the church and where we make sure that we understand uh, what those roles are. The primary responsibility of spiritual growth of children is in the family. It is the responsibility of the parents and grandparents to pour into the children. Now, I totally understand that not all families are structured in a way where uh, the influence is that great, or maybe there are unbelieving parents and the children have come to faith. And so there's so, and, or one parent that's there, there's so many different ways that that could be structured. We need to be sensitive to those things, certainly. But it doesn't take away from the point and the challenge for each one of you sitting in here as a parent. It is your primary responsibility to be the spiritual 
leaders and, and pour into the growth of your children. And as for grandparents that are in here, I, we're still on the hook too. And matter of fact, I've, we're expecting our third grandchild now. Praise the Lord for that. But I'm, I'm constantly reminded and stirred in my heart of the importance of the influence and the impact that I can have in the lives of my grandchildren. Suzanne and I um, pray for them almost every night. I like to say every night, but every once in a while, you know, whatever happens. But we, every time we pray together at the end of a day, we lift up our grandchildren before the Lord and pray for their salvation. And one of the, th- one of the things that always impresses me every time I you know, need to, I want to pray. I want to pray for the, the parents and the grandparents in this room right now. Um, and what I'd like to do is, if, if you don't have to, but if you're a parent or a grandparent in here, and you'd like for, for me to pray for you and for other people to pray for you as well, I'd like to just ask you to stand up. Parents, grandparents in the room, uh, as we think about the importance of your role in the, you guys count. All right, so the unborn, yes, parents, you still, have, that's right, because that is here, it's a reality. Now, those of you that are around these folks, um, if you want to, you can stand up and reach out and lay hands on them, pray. We want to pray for these people. This is a tremendous responsibility that we have. So the rest of you, if you want to stand up too and just gather around a few people, and I want to, I'm, I want to pray for them and just look forward to what God's going to do not only in the lives of these parents and grandparents, but also the ones that they have the opportunity to influence moving forward. So I'm going to get them. Great. All right, let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for godly influences in our families. Lord, I thank you for uh, just Timothy's mother and grandmother and how you allowed them to be identified specifically as uh, spiritual influences, mentors in the, the life of Timothy, and, and to see a life that was changed as a result of that, and a, and a young man who was called to be a leader in the church. And Father, no matter what role anybody ends up playing, we recognize and acknowledge right now that each of us have a tremendous role and responsibility in the, the lives of others as, as the parents and grandparents in the room right now stand uh, an acknowledgement of that, and as people stand around them to pray for them, Lord, I lift them up to you. And Father, I, I'm included in this. <laughs> the importance of the impact, the influence that we have in the lives of our children and our grandchildren, we don't want to take that for granted. Lord, help us, show us. We know we're not perfect, nor we will ever, ever will we be. So we acknowledge that before you, and we should acknowledge that before them as well. But Help us, Lord, to walk in a way that is uh, honoring to you, that points these younger ones to you. Lord, we need your help. We can't do it on our own. (laughs) So, Father, we just ask that you'll work in a supernatural way in the lives of us as believers as we influence this next generation that's coming up behind us, Lord. So I just thank you, Lord, for these Mothers and fathers, these grandmothers, grandfathers that are in the room, pray your blessing upon them. Guide them and direct them by the power of your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Thank you. All right, the second um, who question we're going to answer is the, the influence of others, the influence of other people, because we all have other people in our lives that 
that impact us in, in a variety of ways. So who else is identified in this passage specifically? Well, Paul would be. So Paul's writing to Timothy, and he's telling him to remember the people that have impacted his life, and, and certainly his, his mother and his grandmother, but also Paul. And Paul's not shy about expressing the things that he's done, right? So sometimes we look at that and go like, man, Paul, he kind of doesn't mind saying the things that he's done, or he might, sometimes might seem even a little conceited. But the reality, we know his heart, and I'm going to touch on that in just a moment. So he's not. The reality is God's using him, and it's okay for him to say the things that he does, especially since it ends up being in God's holy, inspired, infallible word, right? So as we look at that this morning, we know that Paul is one of those people that dramatically influenced the life of Timothy. And specifically, look, go back a few verses, verses 10 and 11, as Paul is writing here in chapter 3. Verses 10 and 11, you, however, talking to Timothy again, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and sufferings that happened to me along the way and other places that he identifies there. So we see um, Paul here identifying himself as, as a great influence in the life of Timothy. And uh, that's okay. At 1 Corinthians chapter 11 uh, verse 1, Paul also uh, instructs people to be followers of him, right? So does that verse stop there, be followers of me? If you know that passage, no, it doesn't stop there. He says, be followers of me as I follow Christ. And that's the point. So Paul recognizes the influence that he has, and he says, go ahead and follow me. It's okay. But he doesn't stop there. He says, because I'm following Christ. And so that's where we know, that's where the line is. We want to incur, rec, we're going to recognize people are going to follow us. People are watching the things that we do, especially the younger generation coming up. Now, again, we're not perfect, but it's okay for us to say, follow me. We will, we will show you the way. We're going to mentor you. We want to come alongside you, but always point them to Christ. Always point them to the one that is the answer to the questions that they have. It's not about us, but it is about him. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 5, also give us some ideas of people who can influence us in other ways. So if you just back up once again to a few verses earlier in verses 2 through 5. For people will be lovers, will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not, having, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Sounds like a lot of people in our culture today. But there's a, there's a very specific instruction here to make sure who you're looking at is a, as a godly example because there's these other influences that are out there, other influences that can drag you down the wrong path. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says that do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. So you need to be careful who you hang out with. And this is, a, this is a word for all of us. We will be influenced by the people that we are around. And there are good influences out there, and there are bad influences out there. Very clearly stated here. So the question is, who will you spend time with and who are those people that are going to have a major impact in your life and in your walk with Christ? 
It's a challenging question for us to to think through in this application here to this passage is what impact has the influence of others had in your life? Now, we talked about family just a minute ago. I'm talking about other people now. And there may be somebody that came to mind, somebody that was an influence in your life, in your spiritual journey, that has had that positive impact, that positive influence that has pointed you to Christ. Maybe it's when you came to faith in Christ. Maybe it's since your salvation, since your conversion. It's somebody that has helped you grow in your faith. Somebody that's encouraged you, challenged you, held you accountable. Who are those people in your life that have helped you grow? For me, I'm so thankful for the, the different people that have impacted my life, my life in the past and continue to do so today. I, I want to continue to have myself in these relationships to where I am learning and growing from other people. I'm being held accountable. We need that. We need each other. That's part of being a part of the body of Christ is we need each other to find that encouragement and that challenge as we grow in our relationship with Christ and within the body of Christ. So the other side of that question is what impact are you having as you influence the lives of others? So who are those people? Are you making yourself available to have an impact in the life of other people and their spiritual growth? And I'm talking about relationships, accountable relationships to where you're just walking through life together. You're sharing struggles with one another. You're encouraging one another. So the influence of other people, it's so important for us and it's so important for for us to, to step out and say, God, how do you want to use me in the lives of other people? So the third, third point today is going to answer the what question. So we've looked at two things, who, other, the family and other people. But the third point is the influence of God's word. The influence of God's word. And this is actually the main point of the three. Because the first two are dependent on this one. And the Word of God is so vital and so important as we think about the, the influence that we need to have as we not only come to know Christ, but as we grow in that relationship with Him. And that's the main emphasis of the passage all the way uh, from verse 15 all the way to verse 17. So verse 15, going back to our main passage, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, reminds us how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So we see the Bible makes us wise into salvation. And how does it do that? Well, it points us to Jesus. So an important point to remember here is the Bible itself doesn't save you. Okay? The Bible points you and reveals the one who does. Okay? The Bible points to Jesus. Jesus is the key to the whole word of God. So we understand that Jesus is the one who saves. The written word of God reveals the living word of God. All right, so we have God's written word, which points to his living word, Jesus Christ. And that's very clearly identified here. So very often people will know the Bible. There's people who know what the Bible says, but they don't know the one that the Bible actually points to. And this is a very important point for us. And that's why it's written this way and revealed. The end of verse 15 reveals the truth that salvation is through faith in Christ Jesus. Backing up to verse 14 a little bit, it reveals that Timothy not only knew, but he believed. You look at verse 14 again right at the end. Because this, this, is, this is important for us as well. But it's for you continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. 
So you can know about Scripture, but you need to believe it. As other translations say, be convinced or assured. So the idea is that we, we understand what the Bible says, but have you actually believed it with your heart? Are you, are you actually convinced? Are you assured in the truth of what Scripture reveals? Who the truth of Scripture reveals? His name is Jesus Christ, and all of Scripture points to him. All of Scripture, not just the New Testament. We also know that the Old Testament, when we see in this passage and other passages, it talks about Scripture. What do they have at this point? They had what we now call the Old Testament. So they're pointing back to the Scriptures. The Scriptures make us wise to salvation because the Old Testament, as we know it, all points to Jesus. The understanding for the need for him, but also but he is the one that fulfilled all of the promises of the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. For I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ Jesus died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, pointing back to what the Old Testament taught. Jesus was the fulfillment of that. In Luke chapter 24, specifically verse 27, but we see Jesus on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection. He's talking to a couple of disciples, and they don't know who he is at this point. But I love this passage and what it reveals by Jesus about the Old Testament. All right, so in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, it says, Jesus, beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. Man, what a, can you imagine that scene just walk? I'd love to be in that class. I mean, Jesus walking along, he's just talking. He's, he's talking perfectly about everything that happened from the prophets, all, everything that was written in the Old Testament, and he is describing how he himself has fulfilled everything that was written in, the, in, in those writings. In, in verse 45 in that same passage, this is important for us too. Luke 24, verse 45 says, He, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. So not only did Jesus explain who he was, but then he himself opened their minds to understand the truth of it. And this is important for us to know as well. This is God's work. It's a supernatural work. We don't just come to Scripture saying, I just want to read it and, and just read the words and see what the words have to say. No, no. There's a level of mental part of that where we understand it, but the, the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit to take his word, make it alive in our lives, and for us to truly believe it, that's God's work. And we need to, to stand before God and yield with an open heart before him and say, God, teach me, show me. Don't let me just go through the motions of sitting in a Sunday school class and listening to somebody else teach, sitting in a, in, in a sanctuary and listening to somebody else preach. No, let me get in your word myself. Let my heart be open to hear from you and God work in my heart and in my life. That's where each of us need to be. This is for you. My exhortation to you is to get in the word for yourself. Let God's word speak to you and not only understand what it means, but believe it with your heart. Embrace it. Trust in it. Be assured of it. This is what God's word can do for us. Other people can't do that for you. Only God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, is able to do this in your life. Romans 12, 2 talks about influence. Don't, do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, we're going to be influenced. We're never neutral. There's always something that's going to be impacting our lives and pushing and pulling us every day. You might think I'm neutral. You're not. You're never neutral. You're going to be influenced and impacted. There's the influence of the world and there's the influence of the word. So if you're in the word and you're digging in the word and you're letting God work in you, then you're going to be moving towards him. You're going to be influenced by him and you're going to be growing in that relationship. If you're outside of the word and you're just saying, well, I'm just going to kind of go through the motions of life and I'm not really letting that impact me. Yes, you are. If you don't let the, the holy word of God uh, marinate and impact and influence and saturate you, then, then the world that we live in today is going to have an influence and an impact and it's going to draw you in the other direction whether you realize it's happening or not. So I just encourage you, be in the Word. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God. It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's Word speaks to us. It reveals things to us, even our own motivations, the intentions of our heart. Do you just go through the motions sometimes? I checked my box today, God. I read, I read the Bible. I went to church, checked the box, and then you just go through the motions and you just go on your merry way, still going down the path of what the world is offering. No, we need to be allowing the, the living and active Word of God to show us and reveal to us the things that are going on in our lives and in our hearts. I love this quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon. He said, as the rain soaks into the ground, so pray the Lord to let his gospel soak into your souls. I love the way the imagery that that, that gives us. As you think about dry, parched land, we've had famine, things going on, where the ground itself, literally the ground is dry and cracking, and then to see the rain come. And the soaking of that rain on that soil and that constant rain that comes down that eventually allows that soil to become softer and that soil to become something that could accept seed and also produce life that comes from not only the soil just being there, but the rain that comes from it. And that's the way God's word is for us. And our souls and our hearts are like that ground. It's like the, the hardness very often that happens when we just go through life and we're not in God's word, that we, we can become hard. And if we allow the, the soaking, the saturation of being in God's word to just infiltrate and go into our hearts and our minds, that God uses that in order to, to create fertile ground so that we can, we can produce fruit and again, that's God's word, but we need to be open to allowing God to work in our lives in that way. So it's just beautiful imagery, thinking about the saturation of, of God's word in our heart. So the, the rest of the passage, uh, the impact of the word, we've seen in verse 15, it brings us uh, wise unto salvation. Verse 16 talks about how it's profitable and useful for various things. That's a whole, I could do a whole nother sermon another day on that, but I'm just going to mention what they are at this point. It says it's profitable and useful for teaching or doctrine, as some of your translations might say, reproof or rebuking, correction and training in righteousness. So that is verse 17 says, it talks about the equipping. 
that man of God may be equipped for every good work, for fulfilling God's purposes. God has a purpose and a plan. This passage specifically talking about Paul writing to Timothy, but this applies to all of us as well today, that God wants to use his word and impact our hearts and lives so that we can be equipped and useful for his purposes. So God's word does this. So sometimes we think we want to go to God's word and we want to be taught and we want to be instructed and we want to be encouraged. All those things are appropriate and good. But how often do you go to God's word and say, God, I pray that you rebuke me today. We don't do that very often, but we need it. We all need it. I need it. I needed it this week. I'm sure I'm going to need it sometime later today. If not today, it'll definitely be tomorrow because I know my heart and I know where I am. But this is where we need to be. We need to be honest before God and say, God, use your word to supernaturally do these things in my life that only you can do. There is no substitute for God's word. Absolutely no substitute. So I I have no problem with other books, you know, that point to to God's word, commentaries, um, writings of other people. I, I, I enjoy that, especially things that are obviously grounded in the word of God. But that does not substitute for your need to be in the word of God yourself. Just sitting and listening to somebody preach or teach does not substitute the need for you to be in God's word yourself. So I just encourage you to do that today. So as far as the application question for this point, what impact has the influence of the word of God had in your life? Has it made you wise in the salvation? Not just here where you know the answers, but as we call the heart, the, the, the very being of who we are, your soul. Have you believed? Have you embraced? Have you trusted? Unto salvation is one time, but as you continue to be sanctified and grow in your relationship with Christ. It's an ongoing thing of submitting yourself to God's word and letting him do the work that he wants to do in your life. I just want to close with, with a challenge and encouragement, not only just to be in the word, but I just want to be very specific about one area uh, that God has really been working in my heart with. And if you're familiar with Psalm 119, it's a rather long chapter, okay? Now, if you, I, I have version app, when I listen, sometimes I read it, but sometimes I listen if I'm writing. You can listen to that passage in 17 minutes, and, uh, it, which is the perfect time for me to travel from one point that I go to where I meet with someone each week. There, it, it is exactly that amount of time. If I start it when I leave my house, it finishes when I pull in their driveway. It's somebody that I talk to the Word about and encouraged by an accountability partner. But as I go, I am reminded, as I re- hear that read, of the importance of the Word of God and the impact and the influence of the Word of God. Some of the, just some of the pieces that are in there, it's a lamp, it's a light, it guards, it teaches, it protects, it delights, it gives life, it gives peace, it gives hope. These are all the things that God's Word can do in our lives if we will just get into it, read it, hear it. Anyway, just get into the Word. So I wanna encourage you and challenge you um, for me, I, my, my goal is to read or hear Psalm 119 in its entirety once a week because what it does is it reminds me and it grounds me and it points me to God's Word. Now, I just whichever way you choose to do it, I just encourage you read it once, pray before you read it, and then do what God instructs you to do as He reveals things to you. You know, 
God does different things in our lives different ways. So what the word works, okay? But the way that we study and the way that I don't try to do it like somebody else does it. Somebody else might be able to encourage you in something. But do it the way God leads you. Do it for yourself, okay? Not, not just for your glory, but do it for yourself because it points to Christ and it helps you in that relationship with him and helps you grow in that relationship. So I just encourage you, whatever it is, whatever way it is, and whatever goals you set for 2018, make sure God's word is primary and it's one of those goals. And the other goals you have are instructed by and influenced by the word of God. All right, join me as we pray this morning. Thank you for listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. for our weekly worship service.